This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select... Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky stepping up, fires down the sideline. Robinson makes the catch. From the Raiders to the Bears, Khalil Mack, now officially in Chicago. Brought down, Khalil Mack. Welcome back to the Chicago Shuffle Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lee, here again to recount the horrors of another Sunday night Bears game. I'm here, joined as always, to share in the pain with Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. What's up, Ricky? R.I.P. Bears, Zach. Uh, Not a good game, not a good season. Both of them are over now. Yeah, uh, so I think we can officially, and by the way, anybody who was sitting there thinking that this was the the path to getting to the playoffs, I think we did say at the end of last week's pod that, you know, if, 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 and if the Bears can win this game, you know, things start to get interesting. Um they're not interesting. They're bad. And I think I, for one, find a little bit of comfort in finally giving up the charade of this even being a playoff-worthy season at this point. Did you actually have hope that they could put things together? No, not really. But it does seem like one or two teams every year sort of goes on the type of run that the Bears would have needed to go on to make the postseason this year. Obviously, it's over now after losing to the Rams. My initial takeaway is that this team was never really that good. They were, what, 3-1 and one at one point? Uh, the game where they traveled to London to play the Raiders was the beginning of the end for this team. Ever since that point, they've felt truly like, you know, a 3-13 and 13 team. It's, it just feels like not even a mediocre team, but a bad team. Totally unable to run the ball. Uh, you know, probably the least effective passing attack in the NFL, the defense. They came to play today, and they've been solid all season. But, you know, last year they were the best defense in football. This year uh, they're probably a top 10 defense, but they're clearly a step down. And it's just been a disaster for the last, you know, month and a half at this point. I think with this loss, you can finally put the nail in the coffin on the Bears' season. I think what's so frustrating for me is not that the Bears are bad, but that so many games have been really winnable. Like, there have been opportunity after opportunity. The the Los Angeles Rams are a bad football team. I don't know if you you had the same takeaway that I did, but they are imperiled. They have very little going on. They were really fortunate to get the running game going in the first half against the Bears defense. Now, to their credit, to the Bears credit, they made the halftime adjustment and changed things up. But for them to even have scored 17 points feels like a failure defensively for the Bears. And then where to begin with this team on the offensive side of the football? I I, I really feel like we're uh, deeply into another round of Trestman. And I think, frankly, this is the game that Matt Nagy got fired. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely a question the Bears will have to ask themselves after the season. Right now, four and six. It's like, where does this year end? If it's a six and ten year, is Nagy getting fired after uh, such an amazing first season with the team? I don't really know. I think that, you know, we saw at the end of this game, Trubisky got pulled for Chase Daniel. This was not really the game to do it. Trubisky was not terrible in this game. Now, you look at the numbers, they're not that impressive. 24 for 43, 190 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, You know, that's just a pathetically low yards per attempt. I think 4.4, which is just awful. But Trubisky did make some nice throws in this game. His receivers let him down a number of times, including on a fourth down uh, in the first quarter. Also saw Allen Robinson drop what could have been a long pass. Uh, the, the receivers really have been a disappointment, I think, outside of uh, Allen Robinson all year. But, you know, Trubisky played, I thought, probably one of his better games Ugh. today. And Ugh, Ricky, Ricky. I mean, Ricky. it's a low bar, dude. But It's he, an underground bar. You have to dig down how about through the dirt to get to it. He wasn't the reason they lost today. Yeah, he was part of the reason. He was part he was, of the reason. He was part of the reason. He wasn't the only reason, and I think in previous games he had been amongst the only reason. Where it, it, I, I know what you're trying to say, and I know. I mean, I, I agree with you, especially early on in the game. It looked like he was making some good throws, and he was definitely not the problem. But as the game went along, the fourth quarter drives, man, I don't have them up in front of me. Just garbage throws, misreads of where his receiver was going to go, miscommunications, chucking the ball into the ground tippy-tapping back a million steps instead of stepping up in the pocket and, God forbid, running for a first down, he totally lost it at the time when it was most important. So, yeah, I think I looked at his halftime stats, and I'm like, that's not so bad. But he ends up 24 of 43 for 190 and a 4.4 average. The bigger issue is that the entire offense is a debacle, and when you can take an entire offense and point to that, then it's the coach. It's the head coach and Nagy. Look, the only difference between him and Trustman at this point in terms of the way that their coaching career has gone is that Trustman had more assholes in the locker room. Like, it's to the Bears' locker room credit that the veterans in there are keeping this together to the point that they have, and that there's a solid base there because Nagy's decisions, be it we'll talk about this in depth, be it to pull Trubisky, I don't believe that a hip injury limited Mitch from coming back in the game. And my evidence is that Nagy had to talk in his ear for 60 seconds before he made the switch. You don't do that if somebody's got a hip injury and the doctor says you can't go back in the game. The bigger issue is these third and short calls, uh, an option left. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't have every single play call in front of me. I just know that the Bears gave away first downs left, right, and center. And so I've lost my faith in Matt Nagy as a play caller. I've lost my faith in him as a game planner. I've certainly lost my faith in him as um, a, a coacher of quarterbacks and somebody who can develop talent on the offensive side of the football. And then what to say about the run game? Is that a, a question of scheme? Is it a question of coaching? Is it a question of the talent on the field? I sure hope not because almost every single guy on the offensive line is signed for the long term. So uh, I kind of have to go for the holistic view of this, which is Matt Nagy can't coach an offensive football team. And if you look at their production last year and how they were ranked offensively, you cannot really say, well, wait, last year, 12 and four. When you dig into the statistics, that was the defense, that was the position they were put in, and that was the newness of of the offensive system on the field before film got around the league and Nagy got solved. 
Yeah, absolutely. And this game was particularly frustrating because the Rams gave the Bears a number of opportunities. Uh, they gave them an extra first down on a fourth down early in the game. Uh, you know, they fumbled, they turned the ball over twice on their first two drives, I think. So uh, the Bears had a lot of opportunities. They just couldn't make anything happen on offense. Nagy's play calling, particularly on third down, was really bizarre. Everyone's going to remember that option call. That was awful. Uh, just in general, the offense has never had anything it's been good at the entire year. Nothing to fall back on. Nothing as a foundation. Just such a disappointing season for Matt Nagy. And you know what? I'm with you. I mean, if the Bears fired him this offseason, I would not miss him one bit. It does sort of feel like, you know, it's time to burn it all down and, and uh, you know, do a full rebuild again. I think, you know, possibly we're looking at a scenario where they're adding a veteran quarterback. Maybe it's Marcus Mariota. Maybe it's Cam Newton. Maybe it's Tom Brady. To me, that would be the only scenario where Nagy comes back. You make a switch of QB to someone else ideally a veteran who has some talent uh but you know it does feel like this coaching era is already is already dead it's really an incredible fall from grace and i just feel like a fool a little bit um not just for having talked myself into the hype for this year just seeing the talent on the 53 would have given you that but to suggest that you know given our experience being bears fans and following the team that there weren't signs of this being a one-year wonder and that, you know, that Matt Nagy really uh, hasn't shown an ability to adjust and has certainly shown that he, when it when the game is going on, you, you want to be the smartest guy in the room. You want to have a sense of what to do next. And time and again, week in, week out, it's, yeah, I wish I could have that one back. I wish I could have that one back. He's very much like a Trubisky of play calling where – you know, for every one or two or three that get dialed up really well, there's four or five or six or a sequence that doesn't make sense or just, you, you know, there's no continuity there and nothing you can count on like, hey, nine times out of ten, he's going to put the guys in the right position to succeed. And now I think we're going to see that thing. And you, you've seen little bits of it, but I, I would say it's going to increase in the days and weeks to come, which is frustration showing on the faces of uh, the players on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, they should be. I don't think anyone came into this season thinking it would be over by, what, the 10th game? So uh, just awful for the Bears. You remember how well they played against the Rams last year at Soldier Field. At that point, it looked like, you know, they were going to be ha having a great chance to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, this year, it's just been a different story from the very start. The team's never been any good. Nagy deserves a huge amount of responsibility for that he's right there with Trubisky as you know the two main reasons this has been such a disappointing year yeah I um the Bears are one in five in the over the last seven weeks so uh it you know I think I think you and I picked up start, starting to do this podcast right at the outset of that so we've been handed a shit sandwich um and you know we've been <laughs> we've been talking about it the entire time so fair enough like there's a lot of negativity that comes with that I I just you would think, and if you read the articles that are coming out week to week by you know Bears beat writers and the quotes they're getting from, be it Nagy or Helfrich, which is like, we're still trying to figure this thing out. How many games is a fair amount to figure things out? Now, if a team comes out of training camp and they're still like, hey, how is this going to play when the when the, the bullets are, are live? And I, that would be one thing, one, two, three games in that first season. We're 
over a season and a half into this, and it seems like not only are they no closer to figuring it out, it seems like every game is a, a step further away from an identity. Well, how about this? If you're saying that Matt Nagy can't be the coach of the Bears next season, what has Ryan Pace done to deserve to hire the next coach of the Bears? This guy hired John Fox. He drafted Mitch Trubisky. Those two moves right there are probably enough for the GM to get let go. If you're going to let go of the head coach, I say that you might need to burn this thing to the ground. So that's kind of where we are. And I I think it might be a discussion that we need to revisit, but it just for the thought right now, yeah, um, that's it. That'll be the second head coach that Ryan Pace has hired. And you could say that it was Ernie Acorsi and, you know, uh, Ryan Pace wasn't really given full autonomy to select John Fox, but he was a part of that. And Matt Nagy was all his, all his and then some. And if you look at the other candidates that were up for that job, there have been some really successful guys, be it Frank Reich, be it some others. And look, Nagy, he, he doesn't look like he's ready for this job. Now, you know, he's a young, energetic guy. He seems like a really positive influence. I think he's done a number of things right in that regard. But you see, like, things were going so well last year, and you can't get a true test of how someone, what someone's character is like. And I'm not talking about his character as a person. I'm sure Matt Nagy is a fine person before and after, and I'm sure he's going to go home and hug and kiss his kids. But I do think that the way he's making decisions now with the pressure on him shows that he's not ready for this job. Yeah, his decision-making has been totally erratic. You see it on third downs. I mean, how many just routes have the Bears run this season where the best-case scenario is like one or two yards? Typically, it's to the flat. These are throws that shouldn't even be on the table for Trubisky because you're not accomplishing anything anyway. Uh, the season has just been a disaster from the very start, man. And, you know, Nagy just had the magic touch last year. We saw all the trick plays. NBC tonight during the broadcast ran through a little montage. It was bringing yeah. back some good memories of when Nagy was pushing all the right buttons. We haven't seen anything like that this year, I think. You know, defensively, I want to talk about Aaron Donald and how much better he looked than Khalil Mack. Coming into the game, you think maybe those are the two best individual defensive players in football. Well, I don't think it's much of a debate after watching that game. Donald was absolutely all over the field. Mack did not make a huge impression again. It seems like it's been six weeks now where he hasn't done much. Uh, I do think Nagy deserves the blame for the season, though, ultimately, and for the Bears, it's like, where do you go from here? What we heard coming into this year was that, you know, it's a young team. A lot of them are already locked up under contract. They're going to be able to move forward with this core. Well, this core sucks, and now they're going to need to drastically overhaul it going into next season. Yeah, I um, hmm. I don't know about the total overhaul. I really don't. I think there is a lot of talent on this team, but the person that's putting – those pieces in place, be it the GM or the head coach. Like, look, I'll just say it this way. The team feels like a hell of a lot less than the sum of its parts right now on both on kind of on both sides of the ball, but to a much lesser extent on defense offensively, there are a number of players. I still like there. There's also some inexplicable performances by players that I think you and I both thought, you know, all of last season and going into this season. And we're, we weren't alone in that. National pundits, national scouts, James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, even Charles Leno. I, those are guys that I thought we could hang our hat on as, you know, average to generally above average offensive linemen. And none of that has shown itself to be the case. And then you have, uh, 
You've got Bobby Massey, who didn't even finish the game today. He was just re-signed this offseason to a $10 million a year contract. He is now a substandard at best right tackle. And the Bears can't get any push in the run game. I mean, not a yard. Every time there's a run play, there's a Bears offensive lineman three yards in the backfield. Yeah, they can't run the ball at all, and that's killed them the whole season. It's totally pathetic. It falls on the offensive line. I think it falls on some scheme, too. Uh you know, the inside zone running scheme, which is what they've been doing the last couple of years, just hasn't been effective. Cohen, Tree Cohen, actually played a decent game today. He had the touchdown on a wheel route. Finally, we see a wheel route this season. Uh, but you look at Montgomery, 14 carries for 31 yards. My main takeaway from this game, Zach, is that the Bears just have no offensive playmakers. You got one in Allen Robinson. He got totally blanketed today by Ramsey. No one else on this Bears team can beat you and can really make a play on offense. Uh, Anthony Miller, I think, you know. I thought he was all right. He he had six catches for 54 yards, but for what they invested in him, he's been a major disappointment this year. Still hasn't scored a touchdown. He had seven touchdowns last year. Their tight ends are literally a zero out of ten. Of course, Trey Burton's on IR now. Uh, Just not enough playmakers on offense, man. And uh, I think it falls on Montgomery, who I believe has been a disappointment this year, obviously on the offensive line. And, uh, you know, the Bears took some gambles on their receiving core and outside of Robinson, none of them have paid off. Yeah. I look, I, I'm not a big Taylor Gabriel fan. I'm, I'm probably, you know, more lonely in that opinion than, than others. I just feel like you can push him off his spot. Um, he had a couple of drops today that were really critical drops and I'd love to see he had 14 targets today, which is somewhat inexplicable when Allen Robinson had six, um, you know, Javon Wims too. like is Riley Ridley. Everybody talked crazy about in training camp and he can't see the field given what we've got here. But I think we're, we're deviating from what my real point is, which is if you don't have an offensive line, you don't have an offensive football team and it doesn't matter what your skill position talent is. I mean, look at the Cleveland Browns who clearly have uh, some of the best offensive skill talent in the league, but they have uh, a head coach that makes inexplicable play calls, and they have a terrible offensive line, and even they can't get untracked. So I point to Nagy, I point to the offensive line, and you know, to a to an extent we've already discussed a million different ways, Mitchell Trubisky. And when you have those factors in play, nothing else matters. So I suppose we could talk about the wide receiver talent and you know why there's drops and this sort of thing. I just feel like it, they have lost confidence in. The, the scheme, the way that the team is being run, the quarterback, and yeah, lapses in concentration are going to pop up when that happens. Amen, man. It's a team that's just look unfocused and unmotivated the entire season, I think. You know, obviously that falls on coaching before anyone else. I think when you have Mitch Trubisky at your court, as your quarterback, it has a psychological effect on the rest of the team. Uh, and just such a disappointing year, man. The expectations for this year were pretty high. Just thinking of all the headlines we saw about, you know, Trubisky becoming a trendy preseason mvp bet the bears i think what were their Good odds like seven to Lord. one to win the super bowl coming into the year Oof. uh it's all just gone up in smoke yeah i mean uh, as a final thought i i just feel like there's no leader on the offensive side of the football and i think you know even in obviously we've never had a quarterback uh to to really lean on in that regard it's always been like an Olin Krutz or, um, you know, even like Forte in his own way as a running back. That's always been the leader of the football team, unless you go all the way back to Jim McMahon, who wasn't necessarily a great quarterback, but he had that FU, um, 
you know, personality that was infectious, and everybody else took that on. The Bears just don't have a, an offensive leader on the field, and who are they going to look to when it's time to, you know, lace up your 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 boots, pull up your bootstraps, and and really start to, you know, face the the adversity in front of them? There's just nobody. There's Dead Eyes Mitch, and uh, there's nobody else to look to. So it's not a surprise to me at this point in the season, given what's happened and seeing what we're seeing, that, um, yeah, it's a team that's pretty much imploded. Let's stop for a second and read a little bit of advertising and come back and talk about the defense, which I think there's some bright spots we can possibly highlight, so it's not all gloom and doom. And then we need to get to, to what's really important, which is Mitch, the hip, and what's next. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means. Gifts. Give them to me. Ah, give them to other people. Right. Uh, what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Untucket shirts always fall at that just right length, no matter his size. So he looks casual and sharp. I hate buying shirts. I don't like paying for them. I don't like trying them on. I don't like going places the, to shop. I don't like buying them online. I don't like buying them online because they never feel or look the way they say they will. Uh, they never fit great. I always have to return them. I'm too lazy to return them. They basically just end up in the back of my closet mocking me for being that lazy. That's kind of my deal. Um, but with more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untucket shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Um, I don't know how they fit my frame because I haven't gotten my freebies yet. I just Anytime you want to send those to me, I'll let you know. I'll even model them for you. I'll tweet out a photo of my frumpy body. But you can find your favorite Untucket style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucket, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuckit is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Okay, so on the defensive side of the football, there were some good things. First of all, Roquan Smith, flash, 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 flash. Like maybe perhaps he's back. Uh, I don't know what happened earlier this year. I don't know exactly why it happened, but it, it definitely affected his play on the football field. I'm not, I, I suppose that's not fair. I don't know if correlate, if it's correlation or causation, but either way, not what we expected coming into the season, which was a potential all pro year today, 11 tackles, seven solo a tackle for loss, pass defense. He was on fire. And for me, the best player on the defensive side of the football, Ricky. Yeah, I totally agree. I thought Roquan was great. It's about time, right? This looks like the Roquan Smith we were expecting coming into the year. As you said, he was all over the field. Uh, you love to see that because, you know, moving forward, the Bears still have him on a rookie contract. He really needs to be a difference maker, and he needs to be the type of guy who can be that lockdown coverage linebacker uh, that really helps the pass rush uh, continue putting consistent pressure on the quarterback. So I thought Roquan was great. I was impressed by Eddie Jackson, too. It was about time that uh, he made some plays on the defensive end. I thought that he was really good today as well. Absolutely. Um, I there were a couple of good performances. Eddie Jackson flashed for the first time in a long time. A couple, a couple plays behind the line of scrimmage, uh, like a, a knockdown pass. 
I would like to point out one thing, which is I'm looking at the uh, the box score right now. Khalil Mack, uh, goose eggs. He doesn't appear on the box score because he didn't even have a tackle tonight. Yeah, I didn't see Mack at all this entire game, right? You keep waiting for him to make a play. I texted you at one point in the fourth quarter. This would be a great time for a Khalil Mack strip sack. Remember when it seemed like we were getting a Mack strip sack every week? Those days have been Every gone quarter. for a long time at this point. And, uh, you know, when you don't have that, it it just, like, amplifies how bad the offense is. A lot of the, the conjecture this week was about Akeem Hicks and that the loss of Akeem Hicks had made it so hard on Khalil Mack to have the effect he had before as though one couldn't happen without another. Didn't uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Khalil Mack play for the completely bereft of talent Oakland Raiders where he was literally the only good player on the defensive side of the football and you know had basically averaged a sack a game for his entire Oakland career I don't understand at this point I I don't know who that player is like I I watched him in the first quarter get single blocked by a backup tight end number 82 on the Rams don't even know his name and totally stoned he couldn't move him so I I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss for words for what's happened to Khalil Mack. We've had weeks of, you know, guessing if it was an injury or, um, you know, he's being schemed a certain way. And certainly I think, you know, NBC did run a package at one point that, you know, they've pushed a tight end out wide to make Khalil Mack even wider. And it takes longer to get to get home and being chipped. All those things are true. All those things are true last year and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. And his production never suffered in this way. So something is up and I don't know exactly what to attribute it to. I'm I, I'm at a loss. I totally agree. I mean, you know, the guy looked like he was still the best defensive player in the league right up until the Bears went to London to play his former team, the Raiders. Since then, fucking just, London, man. You just haven't seen him. At all. He hasn't really made any plays. I think he has only one sack in the last six games. Uh, didn't do anything tonight against the Raid- or against the Rams, certainly. So, I mean, what more can you say? He's been a no-show. A no-show. I mean, one warm pint of ale in London, and he's fucked forever. I don't know what happened, man. And speaking of uh, not playing all that well, zero sacks for the Bears tonight against a Rams offensive line that can uh, be kindly called garbage. Like, I... I they're starting they, at they, least two rookies. Two rookies, uh, two new starters this week, and the starters that that, that were being replaced were garbage going in. Um, the entire first half, the Bears were actually getting gashed in the run game, again, against a offensive line that's never played together and is being held together with uh, very, very cheap uh, scotch tape. So, yeah, um, at a certain point, you kind of have to ask yourself, is this a question of the team being dispirited and just kind of not thinking, hey, we're going to lose. But as soon as one thing goes wrong, like it's just like everybody's, you know, walking through mud. And that's what it feels like when you watch them on the field. The Rams were dying to give it away. They tried so hard. Penalties, poor play. Jared Goff looks broken. And and all of a sudden he became unbroken in the fourth quarter when the Bears started to give up a little bit. But um, he looked worse than Trubisky, which is a condemnation that, you know, I'm not sure it gets worse than that. Yeah, absolutely. Jared Goff was terrible. The Rams gave the Bears a lot of opportunities to win this game. The Bears just couldn't do it. Reminded me a bit of the Chargers game. That was another team where the Chargers were terrible, but they still terrible. beat the Bears. 
you know, you look at this season, there were a lot of winnable games on the schedule for the Bears. The strength of their schedule this year is one of the big talking points throughout the season. Well, you know, the Bears left some easy wins on the board this year. There's absolutely no doubt about it. This was a game they very easily could have won. I know it's in prime time. I know it's on the road. I know the Rams have talent. But the Rams did not play a good football game tonight. Jared no, Goff did not no. play a good football game. No. Uh, and, you know, they're they're talented on defense. But, God, make a play. Do something. Force their hand. We haven't even talked about Pinero yet, who misses two big field goals. They also go for it when they could have had him kick, I think, like a 52 or 53-yarder. On an 80-degree night in California, that should be a makeable field goal. Uh, you know, he seems like he has no confidence right now. Nagy has no confidence in him. He said during the halftime interview, those are kicks you got to make. It's all the falling vibes apart are so bad. Yeah, the vibes are about as bad as vibes get. And, and um, it's affecting everybody. And when one thing goes wrong, it all goes wrong. And that, I think that's really where the team is right now. And so speaking of bad vibes, um, let's talk about the baddest vibe. And that is Mitch Trubisky, a phantom hurt hip, potentially, allegedly, by me. I'm alleging. And um, the end of Nagy's public support of the quarterback is... I. What do you do after this? I suppose they very quickly got word out to the, through PR that he had a hip injury so that Nagy doesn't have to say like, well, I thought Chase could give us a spark, but that's what happened. And it happened inexplicably and suddenly. And all we saw was not a forlorn Mitch on the sidelines, a steaming mad pacing Mitch Trubisky, which leads me to believe this was a coaching decision and that um, Nagy finally, you know, he had his, his uh <laughs> who did who did Trustman put in over uh Cutler who did he blame him for he blamed Jimmy Cutler Clawson. yeah yeah this is the Jimmy Clausen move uh it just happened with just a few minutes left in the game so uh did Matt Nagy just Clausen you know I'm reading the post-game comments on Twitter right now and Nagy saying that Trubisky was playing hurt their QB coach uh told him you know that he noticed an injury and that he had to come out. So I don't really know. I mean, it all depends who starts next week against the Giants at home, right? At this point, the season's over. You might as well start, keep starting Mitch or, you know, go out and sign Colin Kaepernick, something like that, because Chase Daniel's not going to be the answer. Like, if you're just going to run out this string with these quarterbacks, it might as well be Trubisky and you might as well have him throw it downfield just so there's not a shred of doubt that, you know, this is the guy who can't get it done going forward. Uh, I don't really see what starting Chase Daniel accomplishes the rest of this year. Do you? No, no. Chase Daniel is a um, a free agent at the end of this year who's going to be a quarterback coach the, the following year. He's not. He's not in the league anymore. And I'm I'm looking right now at you know do you know David uh, Cho, Doctor David Cho on Twitter, sure. the the internet's favorite football doctor. Uh, he's got a clip of the only possible play where Mitch was hurt. It's early fourth quarter. He's sacked by, I believe it's Aaron Donald after skittering around on his feet for seven hours. And he gets right up, no problem, and plays two more series. So, yeah, just there's just too much going on there. It's too fishy. There's no, There was no indication of injury before, after. I suppose he didn't throw the ball well at all after the fact, but... They were Mitch throws. They weren't like, wow, something's wrong, or he's holding his hip afterwards, or he's gritting his teeth. Not Nothing. They were just 
like misreads or um, miscommunications with wide receivers. That's what I saw. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, one thing I wanted to complain about that I haven't yet is Nagy's hmm. decision to punt at the end of the first half when they had the ball. I think on the 45, it was fourth down. You're down 10-0 at that point. The season's on the line. Make an aggressive move, Nagy. I thought that this was supposed to be his MO all last year. That was a really cowardly punt. And uh, as soon as that happened, I had kind of resigned myself to the fact that the Bears were just going to blow this game. Nagy keeps playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And I think that, you know, that was another example of what we've seen all year. I don't disagree with you that, you know, that particular decision to punt was questionable at best. I just... It's his fault because he needs to coach this up. But when a team can't run the ball, like, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. And, if, and if, okay, fine, they can't run the ball. Mitch Trubisky is has to throw 48 times a game. You extra can't win the game. Like, it's one thing if, all right, you know, um, I'm trying to think of another team that has a garbage uh, run game that's able to still move the ball. I, hmm. Um, eh. I guess in previous iterations, maybe not, you know, currently, but but Phil Rivers was able to do that for a long time that, you know, he would just pitch and catch the ball down the field. If Mitch Trubisky is your quarterback and you can't run the ball two yards at a time, you lose every game. Like there's no what what can Matt Nagy do besides find a new job? That That's it, man. Yeah, like basically next year. There's either going to be a new quarterback and Nagy's going to remain, or there's going to be a new quarterback, a new head coach, and a new GM. I feel like it sure sounds like you think they should replace all three at this point. Is that would that be safe to say? I am feeling emotional. It's yeah. just after the game. I you know I've I've said a lot of things in this podcast right after games that none of which I regret, but all feel a little harsher than I might have believed. But. I've obviously lost total faith in Mitch Trubisky as the Bears quarterback of the present and future. I've lost, I, I certainly have lost faith in Matt Nagy's ability to adjust and find a viable offensive solution. And, you know, as we're having this discussion, who's the guy that put those two in place? That's Ryan Pace. And I'm sorry, uh, there, there's a lot of talent on the Bears roster that wasn't there before, but there's also a ton of mistakes. And those mistakes are showing out this season. So um, it it feels presumptuous to say they should all go right now. It feels like a, a classic internet character. Right. Blow it all up, like without any of the context or nuance of how hard that is, of the money spent, certainly, which I don't give a shit about, but it is a, there is truth to that. Um, and then, like, what happens next? You know, a team in transition, new schemes, personnel changes, all that. Then you're, like, kind of punting on next year to a certain extent unless you bring in somebody that you feel like can really flip the script immediately and take the talent they have and adjust their scheme to it. Who is that coach that's available, man? Like, I, I'm not saying there's not going to be somebody better, but there's no – you're talking about blowing it up. That's you're, you're talking about years down the line, and next year is a win-now year. Yeah, so what I think the more likely move is is that there's a new veteran quarterback starter for the Bears next year. Here's some names for you. Tom Brady. There's been rumors no. that he could change teams no. uh, over the offseason. He's someone no. who I think could come up. Cam Newton, who no. is likely to play his last game with the Panthers. Marcus Mariota, who Extra has no. connections to the offensive line. Pace liked him coming out. And then how so about Colin no. Kaepernick? Yes! 
Yes. So let's talk about Kaepernick. God damn it. Why is Colin Kaepernick not already? I literally refreshed Twitter three times today hoping to see the news. I want Colin Kaepernick to be the, the fucking quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And let me tell you why, Ricky. I thought about this. Thought about it a lot. One, he can't be worse than Mitch. It's not possible. So instant upgrade. Done. Two, the vibes, man. The offense needs a leader, a leader of men, uh, somebody with positive vibes that is not going to blink at all in times of adversity. All that Colin Kaepernick has been doing for the last three years has faced uh, adversity and been a voice of leadership and uh, a forward-thinking personality, certainly controversial in some circles. I'm sure somebody hates me right now for saying I want Colin Kaepernick on the Bears. I don't fucking give a shit. That guy is a leader of men and somebody that we should all be listening to. He's fighting for everybody. His, you know, political or not, I don't really care. I think he can still play football. I watched that workout. I've seen him play previously. What is the problem with putting him in the quarterback room? Here's the other thing. He's available for like a dollar, apparently, because he wants to play football and nobody else will give him the opportunity. Hey, Colin, what's it going to take to put you in this QB room today? You, like, Tyler Bray, go fucking, you know, uh, sell some insurance. It's been great. You, you've done a really good good job scouting two minutes. Whatever it is you do, see you later. Chase, hang out. You know, show them where the bathroom is. Here's where they put the Gatorade. You can make your own flavor. Mitch, sit and learn. Colin, here you go, dude. And, and just think of how happy Nagy would be to have an athlete like that at the position. It's a no-brainer, and, you know, the Bears do deserve – to get hammered for this. I've been happy that I've been seeing a lot of people talk about Kaepernick to the Bears throughout the week. And why not, right? It's a totally low-risk move. The Bears would win themselves a lot of new fans. And the people who hate Kaepernick are idiots anyway. So you can't win over the dummies uh, in the eternal culture war. But why not go for Kaepernick? See what he can give you. Really, the Bears should have signed him in 2017. I saw a great tweet from our boy Jack Silverstein who said, In 2017, the Bears could have had a quarterback room with uh, Watson and Kaepernick. And instead, they got Trubisky and Mike Glennon. It's a huge, huge error, uh, you know, an indictment on the pace era for having yes. the quarterbacks yes. in that room be so poor the entire time. Yes. I would love to see Kaepernick on the Bears, but let's be honest. If they put Kaepernick in right now with that offensive line and without any training, it'd be a disaster. But start him next year. I would love to see them sign him over the offseason. It's clear Kaepernick still has a passion for football. He wants nothing more than to go out there, ball out, prove everyone wrong. I would love to see Colin Kaepernick as the starting quarterback of the Bears next year. The path is so easy, bro. So you sign him now. It's a nightmare season. It's a nightmare season. It can't get worse publicly. You sign him now. Let all the articles get written. Let Fox News have a field day. Let all that shit pass by. Let it kind of filter through the ether. Wait for Trump to tweet something new and the whole news cycle moves on. Meanwhile, he's getting used to the building. He's in there. Sign him to a two-year deal or a three-year deal, whatever. Get a couple years on there so you can get him in the building, get him into the offense, help him understand what's going on, and then next offseason is a true competition without the circus that's going to follow Kaepernick when he initially signs somewhere, if he's ever allowed to. I'm all in, man. Colin Kaepernick, Bears starting quarterback next year. Let's do it. Please. And if Ryan Pace doesn't, I'm, I'm on board for him getting fired. There you go. How's that? Love it. Great ultimatum. <laughs> All right, quick look ahead to the next garbage game. They're playing the Giants at Soldier Field. What do you got? Who cares? Season's over. I mean, the Bears yeah. should probably win. If they don't win that game, 
what other game on the schedule are they going to win? They still have to play the Vikings. They still have to play the Lions on a short week. Uh, they have to play the Packers. So it's a tough schedule moving forward. They have a game against Mahomes on there too. If they don't win this game, they might end the season with four lo- four wins. And uh, just to remind all all those people keeping track at home, the Bears do not own their first round pick. It's going to the to the Oakland Raiders. Good times. Um. All right. I don't think the Bears can beat another team on the schedule right now. Maybe the Lions, but it'll be in Detroit. So you're looking at I mean, the Giants. They lost to them last year, and they're better this year. And the Bears can't score points. So I don't really see. I mean, the Giants are garbage, but um, look, I, I looking at what I'm seeing on the football field right now, I just see a team where when one thing's going good, something else is going to fall through. They're going to find a way to lose games. It's really incredible. Even the Detroit game, which was an unlosable game, truly an unlosable game, they really tried to find a way there at the end. I mean, I, I that was I think we talked about it. That was a feel bad win. So um, it's it's really hard to see anything positive happening on the schedule and if you look at how the schedule plays out there's the Giants there's the Lions that's a Thanksgiving game so it'll be a short week it's in Detroit and then you have the Cowboys Packers Chiefs and Vikings to finish the slate those are four fat L's dude if they go four and 12 or five and 11 god it seems like Nagy's got to get fired but I mean, we'll see. If you fire him, I think you got to fire Pace. So those are going to be major changes. I think, you know, the main thing to watch for the rest of this year is can Matt Nagy keep his job? And if you win four or five games, yep. you probably don't deserve to keep your job. So let's see if the Bears can, you know, get to six wins at this point or something. Just, you yeah. know, give us a reason to believe in Nagy moving forward as the next coach. That's the only reason to watch now. Yeah, I, I think that's it. We're just we're really just watching to see how far this can spiral down the bowl by the time the season's over. Like I think for the Bears, they'd really love to just kind of pull up stakes and have it all be over right now and kind of talk about things. But they've got to hit the field for sixty minutes five more times. One, two, three, four, five, six more times, and every time they show out, it is a terrible look. So um, that's really it. It's about trying to save face going into the off season so that the people that have jobs right now at Hollis Hall continue to have them going forward. God, I did not think we'd be talking about saving face going into the offseason after this Rams game, which I think everyone circled as, you know, should be a really fun game when the schedule first came out this year. Oh, man. God, now totally. it's, it's the nail in the coffin. Yeah. No, I, the, the Bears' playoff hopes to bed. Mitch Trubisky as the quarterback of the present future, certainly to bed. Matt Nagy is the head coach of the Bears, getting sleepy. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening that that just happened in this game alone. Is you know, it's not one for a lack of things to talk about, but it has so little to do with the box score and the final score. It has everything to do with the soap opera that is the Chicago Bears. So, all fun to talk about. But if you're a Bears fan, it's a bummer. Sorry to keep laying this out for you week in week out. That's it, man. I think you said it. Any final thoughts besides that? No, season's over and the season sucked. The Bears are trash That's... the whole year. They're, they're all bad. <laughs> The Bears are so bad they made Ricky sick. That's the worst part of all of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks again for listening to the Chicago Shuffle. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate my guest as always, Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. We'll be back here again next week as we preview the Giants. Sorry we couldn't do it this week. Had some technical difficulties, but um, I don't know if you really wanted to, would have wanted to hear that anyways. Either way, we'll be back again next week. Appreciate you listening, and we are out. <laughs>